All right, so Vinny Fisher here, back once again with The Total CEO. I am really excited about my guest today. Uh, we are going to have David Schreiner Khan on the show today. David is living and residing in the New York City area, and he's got some exciting stuff. He hosts a podcast called Smashing the Plateau. And David, I want to uh, thanks for coming on the show today. Oh, pleasure to be here, Vinny. Thank you for inviting me. Ah, Dave, we're really excited. Hey, so why don't we, before we dig real deep into a few things, why don't you uh, give us a little commercial about yourself and tell our audience. And so just so you know, you know, this is the total CEO. So we're made up of um, CEOs at every level who are growing in their business. And so that's the audience you're talking to. And so, uh, you know, they're obviously going to want to hear this message. And you and I have established a relationship. So I'm excited to hear what you have to offer to the audience. So just wanted you to know who you're talking to. Okay, great. Well, um, so a little bit about me. So I've been dealing with leadership and management issues for most of my professional life, which um, you can tell by the gray hair, it's a long time. Um, as a practitioner, and uh, in particular for the last uh, 10 plus years, as uh, someone in an, an advisory role, uh, working with, with leaders to try to help them really increase the rate of success. And, um, and I find that Success is a very, very, um, it, it's very personal. It really varies a lot from person to person, and it also varies in, uh, in time for an individual. So what, what you might uh, deem as being very successful for you right now might be very different than it might have been, let's say, 10 years ago. Okay, all right, so let's stop there for a second. Now. Let's stop right there for a second. Okay. So, you know, by the way, I'm going to jump in a lot, right? That's, that's just how I roll. So uh, when you said there's different success patterns for different people, right? I think you said people define success differently. So um, let, let, me, let me dig into that for a second. So what, what do you mean by that? Give me some um, guardrails about how people define success differently. Well, yeah. So, um, you know, as an example, somebody who um, might be 25 years old, um, could be more interested in, in um, kind of establishing himself or herself and, uh, and establishing um, a name and um, particularly as a leader, establishing some credibility, some authority, and just, um, uh, and, and finances might be a huge metric for somebody that age. And, um, and particularly for, for people that might be, let's say, 45, 20 years later, if they have had financial success, and I've had a lot of guests on my show like this, where they've, they've earned enough money to really pay for whatever they need for the rest of their lives. And then, okay, then what? How do I actually do something that makes me feel good about what I'm contributing to, my, to myself, my family, my community, my world? Um, and, and then success definitions and success metrics might be very different than they were 20 years earlier. Okay, gotcha. So, all right, so you, you uh, operate a business, tend strategic partners, and you guys come in and fix people who are broken like me, right? So you come in, you work with CEOs, you uh, help us break through, and whenever we're stuck, um, you help. We'll talk some more about tend, but I'm intrigued by that a lot, how you work with CEOs and where they're stuck. And so what, what's been really interesting to me as I was prepping for our interview uh, as I'm excited about this idea of what, how does somebody either self-identify or even have the awareness to know uh, 
Uh, what are some indications of being stuck? Uh, well, first of all, leadership is a very lonely profession. Mm. There, there, are, there are things that you're not going to feel comfortable confiding into most people about. Right. There, there are things you're not going to talk to your employees about. You are not going to talk to your customers about. You're not going to talk to your investors about. Um, you may feel very reluctant talking to your friends and colleagues. Um, you know, sometimes there's a sense of, well, I should really be able to figure this out on my own. Um, this is something that shouldn't be happening to, to me at this point in my life or my career. Um, you may not feel comfortable speaking to a, a spouse, partner, or significant other. They may not be really all that interested in, in what you have to deal with as a leader. So first of all, leadership is really lonely. And then, so these, these um, uh, you know, what I've just described in terms of trying to um, figure out what you should be doing differently that you think you should really be able to solve on your own, I would define a lot of those as, as a, um, a, um, a symptom of being stuck. All right, so you know, most CEOs, at least the ones that are gonna be in the audience of who you're talking to, and I think it's probably a bigger audience. You know, let's just talk about me, right? I'm a CEO, successful business, um, we're growing, lots of team members, lots of clients. You know, I'm used to getting stuff done, right? I'm used to accomplishing a whole bunch. I'm used to, uh, I, I'm the guy in my circle that everybody comes to to solve their problem. Um, where, where does it fit in? Where do I have the time to actually raise my hand and actually admit I have a problem? How does that even play out? How does well, it Okay, so chances are you probably haven't budgeted the time for that. Yeah, that's right. right? So, uh, so, number, so number one, it's really important to actually... Excuse me today, by the way, David. If you see me um, sniffling, it's this wonderful small little cold I picked up here in the winter of Cleveland, but continue. So, yes. Sorry uh, to hear that. I, ho I hope you feel better soon. Yeah, uh, we'll get through it. Yeah, and, uh, and I guess it's probably not contagious through uh, digital means. Let's hope not. I apologize in advance if something else does happen, but I hope not. So, yeah, you're right. I don't have time to figure out. Um, I don't even have time to admit that I've got a problem. So, like, here I am. Like, let's, let's, just, let's just pick on me because why pick on anybody else? Let's make it me the real-life example. You know, we're fully accountable. We're exploding. Our software is taking off. I've got my COO chomping at my heels this morning. I've got, I'm sick. Like, I don't even have time to be sick. And I'm sick. And I've got literally wondering about should we invest more money in the business to go faster? And do I admit that this software iteration didn't work? And what do I do about telling? I mean, I have all these things. Like, if I take any energy in that looks like I have to fix something I'm stuck with, I'm afraid that that energy is going to cause a collapse to the whole thing. Right. So, so let's actually, um, let's break that down a little bit. What, what's your routine first thing in the morning? You know, I'm, I'm a pretty routinized guy. I get up, I, uh, I spend time. I'm, for me, my faith is very important. So I'll spend time in the word and I'll pray and meditate and uh, reflect on uh, things that I'm grateful about. Uh, and then I, I'll kick into gear. I will, um, from there, I will uh, probably read a professional article of something I'm working on. Um, I will then kick right into work gear. I'll be in the office at that point and I will um, do my two hours of, of kind of 
puppeteering team uh, somewhere in our software development. My project manager, I run our marketing department. So uh, that would be the first couple hours of my day. And, and then from there, it's lunch, working out. And then after that, I'm, uh, um, I'm putting out fires in the afternoon and handling uh, calls. And like today, like, so like today I would be missing my workout because I want to have my call with you today. And so uh, I'll, I'll have to scramble that into my afternoon routine. Right. So actually, the fact that you have a routine and the way you've described your routine is actually pretty typical for people who are successful leaders. Hmm. Um, most of us who are entrepreneurs or leaders are um, resistant to structure, particularly yeah. structure that's set by somebody else. But, but um, leaders that are more successful have generally created a great structure for themselves. And it often starts with um, some reflection, meditation, uh, some kind of spiritual practice, some reflection, uh, could be some learning like you've described. A lot of people will start their day with some physical activity because um, it helps get the body in, in the right framework to be able to deal with the world. So Especially those, an old guy like me, you got to get that body moving, right? Got to get that thing. No, for all of us. Um, yeah, the, the physical part is also important. So if... If you were to take part of that structure, um, and it doesn't have to be a long period of time, but let's say you were to take part of that structure, maybe not every day, but maybe let's say you took once a week and you took 30 minutes to spend some time working on business strategy, um, or maybe even business slash personal strategy, because I think they're very much intertwined. Would you be able to identify one thing that you could work on this week that would have the potential to be a game changer? Hmm. Um, you know, there's the 80-20 rule in business and in life that 80% of our success comes from 20% of our activity. Um, so the way you've described your day where you're putting out fires in the afternoon is great because in actuality, in your role as a CEO, you're never going to be able to put out all the fires. There are always going to be more. So if you end up, if you try to put out the fires first, you'll probably never finish and you won't get to actually what's important and what is going to generate greater success. Yeah, it's funny you say that. Long-term success. Yeah, it's funny. Like the reason I, you know, I switched all of our company meetings to the afternoon. I switched everything that looked like um, less individuality to our afternoon time because I found myself in the morning allowing my door to be open. And I was just getting deluged with our large staff. And I felt like I'd get to lunchtime and I absolutely did nothing. And I, that was actually the most exhausting thing for me that even though people were moving parts of the company, if I didn't feel productive, my energy would go down and everybody else's would follow in line. Right. So, so, so along those lines, if you were to take half an hour, one day a week, focus on business strategy, and you did things like um, think about what is it that is keeping you awake at night or what is it that you, that's really gnawing at you and you haven't been able to solve mm -hmm. that you think has the potential to really improve your rate of success over the long term. Try to ident at least identify what it is. Now, do you recommend doing that alone or with my executive team? Or what do you, how, how do you do that? 
Uh, well, there are a variety of ways to do it. I, I think you have to, first of all, identify what it is that's bothering you. Mm. I don't know that you can necessarily do that with others. Um, it, it's interesting. One, one of the, uh, on the flip side, one of the comments that I've heard from people that are in peer support groups is the process of being in the peer support group will often unearth issues hmm. that you, that they didn't know they had. Right. So, um, so I'm not suggesting that you should only work on strategy alone. I think it's important to actually to uh, dedicate some small amount of time per week that is strategic thinking time. Right. Okay. Uh, so, right. so get, so get the, get some of the stuff out of my own bird cage, deal with that. And then in the business strategy session, maybe if I also have an additional 30 minutes, spend that with my executive team. Yeah. You could spend it with your executive team. Um, it's funny you say it. Cause like we're having this, this is a very timely discussion because our, my president and COO this morning, literally this morning, Hey said, Vinny, you know, I don't think we get enough time as just the three of us. I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, well, we'd like to make sure that as we continue to lay out vision and strategy for the team, the three of us are a couple steps ahead of everybody else. And I'm like, well, what would you like to do? They're like, how about a Friday morning meeting, 30 minutes, no matter where we are in the world, we all jump on and we're, we're kind of living strategy together in addition to our own. I'm like, sounds interesting. And so, it's, so you've seen that work in your, in, with your clients. Yeah. I, I think it's critical. Yeah. Um, and in particular, in your role as a CEO, what's most important for you is, is to listen. Yeah. Right? Listen, listen to what your executive team says. Listen to what the people at the very lowest level of the hierarchy in the company are saying. Yeah. Those are the people that, that may have the best insight as to what your customers or potential customers are thinking and feeling. I love it. It's great advice. So how does somebody find you? If they want to work with you, how does it happen now? How do they find you? Tendstrategicpartners.com. Okay, cool. So they go there and they fill out a form. They raise their hand. They call somebody. How does it work? Set up time to speak with me is the easiest way to do it. Um, you can call our office. We have somebody who answers, a live person answers the phone 40 hours a week. So nine to five Eastern time, 212-731-0770. So it's really rewarding when you help someone break through, I imagine, right? When you, when you help them smash this where they're stuck. Um, describe to me, like, because that's what gets you excited to do it. Or why else would you work, why else would you work with squirrely entrepreneurs, us CEOs, if there wasn't some win for it? So, you know, give us an example of like um, where why, the why part of why you get up and do this constantly. Because I find that most people that are in leadership roles, their vision is to make the world a better place. Mm. They're people with um, great values and ideals. They usually have a lot of integrity. Um, many of them have a lot of humility, which I think also makes a great leader. They want to do the right thing for their, their customers, their employees, um, they want to support their employees to be able to grow and to contribute to their overall community and in essence to make the world a better place. That's awesome. All right. So, you know, I always like to give something like to our, to our crew, our crowd. What's like one 
little thing we could give them today. If somebody is experiencing some of these emotions or feelings or, or, or constructs in their business, like what's, what's one of the first things you have somebody do uh, to help uh, identify and address? Uh, well, there's two things that are, I think, most important. One is to get started on making some change. Mm. Getting started is really hard because what happens is we spend a lot of time agonizing over it, particularly if you look at somebody who's an experienced leader, um, something that is that may be a change in behavior. Right. The, the longer we've been doing something a certain way, the harder it is to make a change and do something differently. Ain't that so, the truth. Right? So uh, for a 25-year-old to do something new, it's one thing. For a 55-year-old to do something new, it's a lot harder. So we agonize over getting started. So I say first thing is just get started. And second is you've got to find a way to keep at it long enough to see results. Mm. Because um, the, the day-to-day and the fighting fires will pull at you all the time and try to take precedence. It's very hard to keep working at something that you believe is going to make a long-term impact and, a long, and, and will improve things over the long term when the day-to-day is constantly uh, nipping at your toes. And life, right? So, I mean, I would have never built the software we built at Fully Accountable if we didn't have this day-to-day attitude because at the end of X amount of hours of building it, we had something. In the process that my dad died, his mother died, we had this complete disruption. I mean, life gets in the way, right? So you're saying get started. So give, you know, let's just say it's working out. Let's pick on me. If I, if I, you're just saying as simple as go get in the gym and do something. Right. And even if you go, go to the gym and you just spend five minutes doing one routine, but you do that every single day, after some number of months, you will see a change. You're not going to see it the first day. You're not going to see it the first week. You may not see it the first month. You may be really sore the first month. But if you do it for a year, I guarantee you there's going to be a difference. Yeah, and so um, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. So um, who, uh, who, who do you, what, what are some characteristics what you notice someone's going to be, one, a successful client, but more importantly, someone who's going to, who's actually likely to smash through the plateau. What, what are some indicators that you, 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 in your wisdom, this amount of time you've been doing this, that you know someone's uh, likely of that, so that we could pass that along as these are the things you should be aspiring to be doing, likelihood of success? Um, well, for one thing, they're willing to invest in themselves. Hmm. Uh, invest time. Um, they're going to, they're willing to invest some money in the process. I think that's really important. Uh, one of the things that I've heard from a lot of people that are in peer peer support groups is how important it is to be paying for that process because it it kind of forces you to um, it, force, it forces you to 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 um, assign a value hmm. to the process. I love it. It's funny how that works. Yeah. Um, right. And. and you know, depending upon what level you are in business, what might be a significant amount for, for somebody who runs a, a solopreneur small business is going to be different than somebody who runs a company with thousands of employees. But I think it's important that, that it be a significant amount of time and a significant amount of money, um, which, which essentially is investing in yourself and in your organization. You also need to be a lifelong learner. 
Um, most people I know that are successful CEOs um, spend a lot of time learning. They, they read books, they go to conferences, they listen to podcasts, they, they um, spend time with other smart people who know things yeah. they don't. Uh, so learning is really important. Being a giver is also really important. Spend time um, without any expectation of something directly that will be a direct return to you. So, my, well, my wife does that every day. God bless her heart. Um, and I'll bet you do too. <laughs> I've heard from, as an example, I heard from people who are mentors in, in mentoring programs, how much they get out of the process. Yeah, right. Really what they're doing, they go into it just for the purpose of helping somebody else who is behind them in their own journey. Right. Yeah. So, so having a, um, a giving attitude is really important. Having a mindset of abundance. Um, it's interesting in, in today's world, unless you are selling something that, that is a product that really is a commodity, chances are other people really are not competitors the way we might think that they are. Huh. Um, especially in the service economy, which is a huge part of, of, of the American economy today. Things a little differently. Um, and, and being in a room full of people that are doing the same thing that you are somehow turns into this kind of empowering collaborative mindset where often we're able to walk out of the room and create something better than we were able to create when we walked in. Love it. I love it. So these right. are some, some elements that I think are really important. All right. So I've also heard another question for you. So I've heard um, from time to time, um, and, and some of the stuff I've read, that one of the uh, great anecdotes to kind of changing things up, I love how you said get started. Another one I heard uh, recently that um, right after my dad died, I tried a couple times and it really seemed to work. And it's go do something fun that was fun to you a long time ago. And it's just goofy and, it, it, it's, a, and it was, it's great. And so I literally took off work and went and saw like a kid's movie at the movies. And like, it was fun. It was like goofy. I mean, forget the old guy showing up to the kids movie. But other than that, like it was like therapeutic. And so have you ever seen yourself uh, helping people do just to break away from the seriousness of the stuff they're doing? Um, absolutely all the time. That's why we need to take vacations. Mm. Right? That's why um, s someone in human existence a long time ago came up with this idea of having a seven day week where one day is a day of rest. And particularly for people that, that uh, are religious, that abide by that, there's something that having one day of rest does to you for the rest of the week that really helps you get through it and, get, and helps you get through the, particularly the rough spots. So you, what you're saying is you, God knew what he was doing to give us a day of rest. Whoever, whoever came up with the idea, <laughs> think about how fundamental a shift in human behavior that one idea is. And, yeah. and right, we've all, world over, we all follow a seven-day week. Yeah, I'll tell you, we, uh, we are, we're struggling at home, even with the kids. There's electronics. There's no, there's no guardrails anymore to our time. And so, you know, that's, that's probably one of the most powerful points. I'm glad that we're, um, we're keying in on this, like breaking away. You know, when I, when I can break away from my electronics in, in, in that morning time, it's great. But one of the things that I self-admittedly need to get better at is, is that day of rest, right? That, that Sabbath day is that I, I guess I would refer to it as. And um, that's an important day. And uh, I think we've just forgotten about that in this current generation. 
You know, I, I remember when I was a wee little kid, you know, my grandparents still talked about things like Sundays, everything was closed. And you probably recall the, the blue sky laws where things weren't allowed to be opened. And you know, we, 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 as a tradition, we honored kind of fighting for that day. Well, that's gone. And so if you're not fighting for it yourself, it's, it's not there. Right. And so. But like with everything else, we set up our own structures so we can create a structure we, where we differentiate that certain times have a um, certain kind of holiness to them and that we're not going to break that. So as an example, in my family, when our kids were young, dinner time was family time. Nice. Right. In those days, there weren't electronics. So yeah. we didn't have to deal with, with cell phones and, uh, and all that stuff. Yeah, like dinner didn't look like this. But on the other hand, we led busy lives, and no matter what time we all got home, sometimes it was really late, even on a school night. Sometimes we'd have dinner at 9 o'clock, which right. is late for kids. Right. Um, but it was like, okay, we're sitting down for dinner. Everything else is off. No phone calls, no distractions for at least you know 30 to 60 minutes. We'll all spend time with one another, and it makes a huge difference. All right, we're nearing the end of our time. David Schreiner Khan, you have this amazing podcast called Smashing the Plateau. And if you like what you heard, we'd love to hear your feedback. But go on to his iTunes show, Smashing the Plateau. Go, go become a subscriber. Go download it. There's some really good stuff on there. David, uh, let's tell everyone again, like, how can we tell us your business? How do we get a hold of you? If, uh, if, this, if what they heard, they really want to know more about you. And by the way, if any of the listeners check out the podcast and there's something they would like to hear us do, let me know and we'll, cool. we'll, try, to, we'll try to mix that in. Great, great. Um, yeah, so to get in touch with me, tendstrategicpartners.com or just call our office, 212-731-0770. Awesome. David, I'd like to thank you for your time today. And hey, you know, let's just see if we can help one more person today smash the plateau. David. Thanks so much, Vinny.